Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. So I want to start with a question. Can we develop cultural competence? Can we develop cultural competence? Yep, of course we can. It just takes some work. And in this podcast, I'm going to give you the basics, a starting point for beginning the work. I'm not trying to give you a long roadmap, but just a concise approach to starting your own personal development process to raise your level of awareness and cultural competence. The first step is desire. You got to want to do it. You have to have the genuine desire to learn about other people, other ways of life, other habits of being, to connect with others in meaningful ways, and to grow from cross-cultural interactions. The second thing is humility. Now, I want to say this. Sometimes people hear the term cultural competence and get, you know, their, their cockles up and think, are you saying I'm incompetent? No, we're not saying that you're incompetent. What I'm saying is that we all have opportunities for learning and growth. And when we're humble, we don't even ask that question of, are you saying I'm incompetent? Because when we're humble, we recognize that we all have opportunities for learning. We all have opportunities for growth. I had a real annoying uh, interview or conversation with two physicians who were responsible for leading a large department in an uh, in a teaching hospital, and and their staff had sent them a letter of complaint outlining a lot of discomfort and dissension related to diversity. So they called me to figure out if we could together find ways to build bridges. But I knew really early on in the conversation that the chances of that were slim to none. You know, one of the doctors began by telling me that he didn't know why there was such discontent around cultural relations in his department because, you know, he went to school with the daughter of a famous African-American orator. I can't tell you the name of the orator because this doctor might be listening. Uh, the other doc proceeded to tell me that microaggressions are just any little silly thing that you do to a person of another race that bothers them. And he said it in a tone that let me know that he thought the very discussion of microaggressions was trivial. And then they both proceeded to tell me that they know exactly how people of color and other people from diverse backgrounds feel that they know because one said, well, I know because I'm a Jewish man and my story is just like their story um, because of my ethnicities. And the other one told me, well, I'm Greek. And that gives me deep insights into the world of others. They had reached the conclusion that the issue wasn't them. It wasn't their leadership. It wasn't departmental policies. It wasn't procedures. It wasn't organizational systems or patterns of communication. In their estimate, the real problem was these people who had the nerve to complain about the culture and the climate of their department. They did not have a bit of humility, and they certainly did not have the desire to learn to become culturally competent. 
you know, as the conversation went on, it was really clear to me that they both thought that they knew more than God about diversity, about cross-cultural relations, all that stuff. And they didn't have any real interest. They didn't have the humility to think about developing their own cultural competence. I knew from the first conversation that they were not interested in doing any of the work to address the issues and the concerns raised by more than half of their staff. And I've been around long enough to know that that is how it goes sometimes. But we can develop cultural competence if we can admit that there is much we don't know about each other. That's that's another important step in this process. We have to do the self-work. And what that means is examining our earliest messages about difference. What were we told overtly? What were we told covertly? What did we experience or witness related to difference? It's the self-work that really requires us to examine how we've been acculturated because that reveals some of our attitudes and the roots of some of our attitudes. This self-work is all about uncovering how we've been socialized. Once we come to terms with the self, we can move to a deeper understanding of others. And the reason we do the self-work is because who we are, how we are, what we've internalized is often invisible to us. We come to accept early messages without awareness and without question. I want to move along to learning about others. How can anybody become culturally competent if their circle, their inner circle, is so homogenous? How can we develop cultural competence without contact, and I mean substantive contact, with other people, with other voices, with other mindsets? I do this exercise when I'm working with executives on these EDI issues. I ask them to draw three concentric circles. The inner circle are the people's, people closest to them. The circle around that are the people who are close, but not the deepest heart connections. And the outer circle are people that they know well, spend time with, and are more than just acquaintances. So after they drew the circles, I asked them to write the names of all the people they can think of in the appropriate circle for their relationship. Inner circle closest, next circle close, but not the deepest heart connection, and then, then that outer circle are people that they know well, spend time with, and who are more than acquaintances. Once they have the names in each circle, I ask them to circle the names of people who are different from them. And I mean different by way of race, gender, sexual identity, age, religion, political affiliation, national origin. And it's startling to me and to many of these executives that all of their circles, all three of their circles have little or no diversity. And that calls attention to my premise that we can't become culturally competent until we have some diversity in our worlds. And I'm not just talking about surface diversity. I'm talking about real relationships with people who are different from us. 
And that requires thoughtful, intentional bridge building. Now, here's something really important for you to note. Sometimes when I give this example or do this exercise, people think that it only applies to white people, that people of color, people who represent other forms of diversity don't have to challenge themselves if they find their circles to be homogenous. If that's how you interpret it, what I'm saying, you are dead wrong. I'm saying that we all, myself included, need to examine our circles and our worlds. So far, we've covered desire, humility, self-work, and building broader circles. I want to move to enhancing our knowledge. Once we have more diverse circles, we've got a base for expanding our knowledge of others. This is when we can begin to build dialogue, to share who we are, and to learn who they are. And this can be tricky. It really irritates me when people ask me what Black people think or feel. But I'm glad when people ask because I know it's hard to be vulnerable. A better approach would be to ask me about my life, about my experiences and my exposures, because I am not the spokesperson for all Black people. And my experiences as the daughter of a Jamaican immigrant and an African-American mother, growing up middle class in Buffalo, New York, attending a predominantly white all-girls high school and elementary school, being a member of the AME Church, having had a praying grandmother and a praying mother, that is not a universal experience for all Black people. We all come with our own unique stories. Cultural competence involves hearing the stories of others, not generalizing and not stereotyping. And that's hard, 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 very hard work to do. There's so much vulnerability and potential discomfort that goes along with enhancing knowledge. I have to tell you a little story. Um, I have a dear friend who went through the gender reassignment process. I knew him for years as a lesbian. And I knew nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing about what it means to be transgender or what it means to go through the gender reassignment process. Frankly, I didn't even know what the process was. Because we have a real friendship, a real friendship, I was able to ask my questions. It was hard for me to formulate some of the questions because I really didn't know what I didn't know. And it was difficult to ask questions that in my mind sounded dumb because I didn't want to look foolish and I didn't want to appear insensitive or any of that. I'm so fortunate that he's kind, he's patient, and he is as committed to our friendship as I am. And he continues to bear with me as I continue to ask questions and learn more about his experience and this process that he is working his way through. But I will tell you, at the beginning of the process, I, as close as we are, I was just like, oh my God, am I going to ask this stupid question today? And I had to get over my own internal fears and, and concerns about being vulnerable, about not wanting to offend or hurt my friend. So it's work. It really is work. But it's worth while work. The last piece of 
developing our individual cultural competence is skill building. What I mean is we got to learn how to communicate, how to listen and speak differently. This means that each of us has to learn to recognize and our own, our own, own our own, you get where I'm going, own our own microaggressions and recognize them in other people. This is all about examining how we lead and learning to lead in ways that promote inclusion and equity. The skill building is very individualized, you know, as are the other steps in this process. You'll get insights on what you need to learn, the skills that you need to build from other people in your circle. That's why you can't have a homogenous circle. They will, if they're able to be honest, really honest, they'll be able to help you start your cultural learning journey. And the skill building is never ending. I believe that the process of building cultural competence is never ending. I think that we stay in a state of continuous personal improvement and continuous development. So what we've covered is desire. You have to want to develop. Humility. You have to get over yourself and go beyond your ego and your arrogance. And then there's the self-work. That's how we uncover how we've been acculturated, how we've been socialized. We follow that with learning about others and then use that knowledge, that enhanced knowledge, to position ourselves for real skill building. Look, I know this is a touchy topic for a lot of people. It it makes some people squirm um, and it makes some people just uncomfortable. They want to pretend that we're all the same and we're not. I understand that this whole notion of cultural competence can seem like a fad. You know, we're back in the world of diversity. We were here, good Lord, we were here, geez, 30 years ago? 30 years ago. Yeah, that's when Roosevelt Thomas wrote that book, uh, Beyond Race and Gender, and there was a lot of work uh, around diversity then, and here we are, 30 years later, almost at the same place. So it's not a fad. It's something that's necessary for us to create ways to connect as human beings. And, you know, building our cultural competence is a first step in making those connections. I really hope that you will join me in finding and creating common ground while we continue to place high regard on the things that make us unique human beings. So to answer the question that I started with, can we develop cultural competence? We can and we must. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.